Welcome to the PR Resolution Podcast. I'm your host, Stella Bales. For any new listeners who don't know what to expect, in each episode, I interview an expert on an emerging area of public relations. I get to the facts, but I leave out the jargon. It's a podcast about marketing, but it's in plain language. No, really, it is. (laughs) Welcome back to all of my regular listeners too. If any of you have any comments or questions, just tweet me at Stella Bales. And don't forget to subscribe on Spotify and on iTunes, whatever you listen on at the end of the episode. Enjoy. Welcome to the PR Resolution Podcast. So for this episode, I was invited down to the headquarters of Cineworld Cinemas. And it's where I met and interviewed Carla Boyd. She's their senior social and content marketing manager. So I was lucky enough to meet Carla in their own secret basement cinema, which was pretty epic, to be honest. In our chat, Carla explains why traditional PR has almost been replaced by influencer marketing now at Cineworld. World. And when you hear about the success that they're having on social platforms, you'll see why the strategy makes sense for them. We discuss how the essence and the feeling of cinema is really being brought to life by the social influencers that they're working with. Carla explains how her and her team's selection of mid-tier, passionate content creators has really paid off and how the creative reels and videos that they're making connect the brands with really important audiences so from families to hard-to-reach young adults. And although the reach numbers are pretty impressive, the content that they're producing, it's the key messages below that content that's really getting Carla and the brand team excited. I asked Carla to talk us through their process, so how they source the right influencers, how they set up those partnerships and deals, and the all-important briefing as well. Carla shares her tips on building those best partnerships and how to determine what success should look like, and also how to report on it as well, of course. These interviews packed full of tips for anyone aiming to work with social influencers now or in the near future. Here's Carla. Hey, Carla. Thank you so much for inviting me down to Cineworld. This is an amazing place to do an interview. Yeah, you're welcome. So let's get down to business. How does PR fit into marketing at Cineworld? We don't do a lot of traditional PR. We do mostly sort of influencer marketing. I mean, we do some press releases when we have activity yet where we kind of feel like there's there's something worth talking about. We've got something coming up that I can't yet talk about in the next couple of weeks <laughs> where we'll be definitely doing a bit of press around that. But I think for us, we've kind of moved away from the traditional side of marketing and we're kind of concentrating a lot more on on doing influencer marketing and kind of raising awareness through through that sort of channel. Brilliant. Can't wait to hear more about the influencers. Um Let's have a look at the objective for Cineworld, though. What is the main objective for marketing? And then I guess down to influencer marketing as well. I think to us, we don't see films as the objective, which might seem surprising to some, but that's what we see as the main goal for the studio. So, you know, Disney is in charge of like marketing the Marvels being out right now. And, you know, it's, it's, it's up to Warner Brothers to make sure everyone goes and sees Wonka in December. So for us, it's more about sort of different aspects of like the the USB that we have. So things like our unlimited membership and trying to get people to kind of sign up to that and come back more regularly. And then all of our sort of special products that we have. So our propositions that are the special formats. So we've got IMAX, we've got 40X, we've got ScreenX. So they're all the different ways that you can see a film that's like quite different and elevated to like a normal, normal big screen experience. And then it's the bread and butter. It's the, you know, 
reminding people why cinema is so lovely and the smell of the popcorn the second that you walk in and all the snacks and the slushies and the big cups of drinks that you don't have to feel guilty about because it's a treat because it's the cinema (laughs) and then also like all the different moments of like you know sitting down and like the lights going off and you get really excited and you watch the trailers and you kind of start planning all your next trip already can we just start that now (laughs) (laughs) exactly so it's, it's all those like moments that make cinema just so special and make it that treat and that sort of like worthwhile experience that's different to just going and watching a film while you're eating your dinner mm. and those moments you can't get through on a press release so let's talk yeah. about influencer marketing <laughs> I can see why why you focused on that so how do you flow down the sort of essence of those experiences but with influencers yeah so we we do a lot of different things so we use influencers for our unlimited campaigns so we work with people and get them to kind of talk about the benefit of the unlimited membership like this year especially with like cost of living crisis and that kind of stuff we've honed in on the sort of the value of the product a lot so it's cheaper than the price of two tickets a month so literally if you go twice a month you've made your money back already and then any other film you see on top of that is free essentially you know girl math so that's kind of the the angle that we've used for unlimited and work with a lot of influencers to to help us bring that to life in like their unique way we try to like let people use their own style of content and sort of make our product fit with their content rather than force our ideas onto them and make them do something that doesn't feel natural and authentic to them. So for the Unlimited campaign, for example, we've worked with like, the, there's a, a main sort of ad out there. So if you look, search for Cinema Unlimited, you'll find like an advert and that's featuring only TikTokers. Like, well, everyone in there is a TikToker and we work with them on their like specialist bits so that we can get them to showcase Cineworld and like how it's fun in their own unique way. So one girl, for example, she dresses up as employee of a place and she'll wear like a uniform. She'll do like a skit where she's pretending to be like the customer and employee at the same time. She (laughs) does some funny stuff. So she's in the advert and she's like in a Cineworld uniform and pretending to work for us and stuff. And then off the back of that main ad, she then also made some content that she posted on her TikTok account where she's talking about how like, no, she doesn't actually work at Cineworld and kind of explained it. She made one piece that we we paid for where she talks about the unlimited membership and then a bunch of extra content just because people kept asking her about Cineworld and like, you know, why she's involved in the campaign and like all that stuff. And so that's really helped us. And then we also work with them on sort of talking about our special products I was talking about earlier, like 4DX and and IMAX and things like that. So for example, we worked on a big IMAX campaign where we worked with an influencer called Jack Howard and also a film critic called Marco Mode. And we had them come in and basically talk about Christopher Nolan and why Christopher Nolan and IMAX is such a like great connection and why Christopher Nolan movies need to be seen in IMAX, kind of around Oppenheimer release. And that video got like engagement and views on on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. So we posted it on our channel and it it worked really well because they were like people that that people knew and trusted for that kind of information. And so the piece felt really authentic rather than just like random actors or random hosts sitting down and talking about why you need to watch an IMAX film. And then we also did a huge event around 40X and ScreenX on something that I have called, we've, we've called Creator Day. And basically we invited creators, like content creators down, and we invited them to watch a film in either 40X or ScreenX. And it was on the same night. So people either came in, did a little trial demo of 40X and went to see the film in ScreenX, or they went into ScreenX, kind of got to experience what that's all about, and then went downstairs and watched the film in 40X. Two different films one night, a lot of logistics, but we made it happen. And it worked out really well. We had 260 people show up. We had a lot of content on social after that, where people were like, you know, ex- talking about the experience. And and that's essentially what like the main thing that we want is them talking about their experience and how it's lovely and then getting other people to go like, oh, I want to try that. 
Yes. You talked about the working with some really well-known influencers where you use then use the content on your own YouTube channel. How do you, and that makes sense because they're really well-known, so it's going to have a big audience. How do you go about selecting influencers for all of the different projects? Like, do you have like a core target audience or could it be absolutely everybody if you film? Yeah, it, it depends on what it is. That's the lovely thing about cinema is like literally anyone from three-year-olds to 90-plus-year-olds will go to the cinema and have a lovely time. So it's a blessing and a curse because it's also then really difficult to pick who you're going to work with. (laughs) But obviously we always try to like get young people to the cinema. I feel like there's there's sort of like a demographic of slightly older people and I consider myself in that group that, you know, (laughs) will go to the cinema because they have that nostalgia feeling and they they need that two-hour mental health break of putting their phone away and just watching a movie in a dark room and like being left alone. But then you've got the younger generation who are like, well, why am I going to the cinema? I can see everything on my phone, you know? Mm -hmm. So those are the people that we're really trying to convince and trying to reach. So that's why we're working with them, you know, the the younger influencers or influencers who have like a younger following and getting them to come into the kind of like 16 to... 25 plus demographic and the way that we pick them is it's dependent on a lot of things so it'll depend on like the movie that we're kind of linking so if we're doing like a 40x event or a 40x campaign around a specific film so for example we just did something around the marvels and imax so we invited like females on because we felt like, well, you know, that seems like a, a natural fit to get some some girls who go and watch the marvels which is yeah, clearly like such a like empowerment movie for, for for women and get them to watch it and talk about the experience of seeing that film in IMAX on their social channels because we wanted to be reached to those people. And there were people who were like, you know, cosplayers or like fans of those kind of movies and Marvel movies and comic books and stuff. So th- that was like, a, we know who we wanted to reach. So that's how we found them and sort of reached out to them. Can I ask a quick question? Are you yeah. doing that research or do you use a tool or have you got a team of people who are doing that research? Into Because that sounds quite niche. Yes. And it might, might yeah. not be the same for the next film that you're looking at. So, you know, how did you find those yeah. female influencers who are really into Marvel? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for that one, we actually went to a talent agency that have a lot of people in their books and we kind of went like, whenever with these kind of people, do you have them? And then yeah. they had them. And so we've done lots of different ways. We've worked with influencer agencies and basically like, said to them, we need these kind of people, go and find them. We've worked with talent agencies and said, we need, like, we would like ideally these kind of people. Do you have anyone who you think fits that brief? Or do you, also we're open to other ideas. Like, you know, do you have anyone else where you're like, actually, you haven't thought about this, but I think this person could be really cool because of that kind of content they could create for this, which actually we're, we're currently doing for, we're doing like a little family campaign to try and get families to come into the cinema around Disney's new release, Wish It, which is coming up in a couple of weeks or so now and then also Wonka which is coming up in December and they're quite close together and then obviously with Christmas you know we want people to come with their families over that that period and the, the Christmas holidays and stuff so we went to a talent agency and we said like we want people who will help us bring across the be more childish like that's our kind of slogan for the family campaign and we want them to like have a lot of fun and make lots of really fun content. Who do you think could work for this? And then have mm-hmm. them kind of pitch out some people so that we could kind of look at them and go like, you know what, actually this could really work. And so we're working with someone that I'm really excited to work with, which 
I mean, I think by the time this comes out, it's probably the content's live, so I can probably talk about it, which is this TikToker. So the dad's name is Jordan. The kid's name is Zion. I can't quite remember what the account is called, but he basically just creates super cute videos uh, where he's like following his kid around. And he's just talking to him, being like, Broski, what are you doing? Like, don't put that down. Like, you know, he's in the supermarket or something. It's like, you know, he reaches up and like gives them like a deal. And he's like, you're saying a smell. You know, that's right. <laughs> and so he just talks to his little kid and the kid is super adorable. And so we're going to work with them to kind of come to the cinema and like, walk around the cinema and do that kind Sounds of great. stuff and it feels like it's such a natural fit it's like really easy to be like oh you know yeah fine I'll buy you some snacks but you're lucky that you know Evans pick his prize with the cinema t- family ticket so you know you can kind of yeah. bring that messaging in without it being like just a person sitting in front of a camera going with the cinema family ticket Evans pick his prices and it just gets a bit boring yeah. you know so yeah so we're kind of trying to find like new and innovative ways to bring ideas to life and find new people. And then we also have a influencer platform, which is a gifting platform more than anything else. So you basically go on there and you put up a brief and you say, so we're doing one for uh, Christmas gifting, for example. So we're going to go up there. We're going to say, we are giving away X amount of Christmas gift boxes for two. You will get this gift box for free. All you have to do is post about it and like you you know, our hashtags and kind of talk about it being a lovely gift. And so that's like a new thing that we're trialing out. So this is actually going to be our first campaign on that platform that we're going to run. And so it'll be really interesting to see kind of how that works because we tend to pay everyone and we don't really do that much gifting stuff. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how that works. Cool. I love the fact that you're going in with the two approaches there. And it's really good to hear that the agencies are working so well and being having those creative angles yeah. and not just demanding the money and sending the contracts yeah. which sometimes you think that's is what is happening but that's yeah. great to hear that it's not like that yeah amazing so what do you find with is like the perfect relationship with an influencer you've talked about some quite different examples there where yeah. you've worked with some and you've used the content or they've had it on their own platforms and it's and it's really specific and niche to the way that they approach things You've talked about page, you've talked about gifting. Have you found that there is like the ultimate way of working with an influencer and it has been really successful for both parties? I'm not sure about the ultimate way. I think my sort of top priorities when working with a new person is make sure they're genuinely passionate about cinema. I think it comes across really quickly if it's a person who goes to the cinema like once every three years and doesn't actually care. So someone who's genuinely interest in cinema, it comes across really quickly. Like we're working with a couple of people right now on an influencer uh, campaign around Unlimited. And like there was one guy who went out of his way. He's like, I'm going on holiday, but I really want to work on this campaign. So I've just created some content and, you know, maybe that'll work already, but if not, I'll go out and film something else. Like that's so like, it doesn't happen very often, but that's something where it's like, you know what? I will work with you again. Like mm. you made that effort. You clearly are passionate about the brand. You like really want to work with us versus then you've got the other end of the spectrum of people who are like just demanding the money and doing like the minimal amount of work. So, you know, it's, it's kind of finding the right kind of people where you feel like there's really enough of a sense of passion for your brand and your product that like it'll come across as really authentic and that they're going to create content that's really great. It's not being too restrictive with what you're asking them to do. Like we try to have really open briefs. So not just going in there and being like, you need to say this and this and this and this and have these touch points. Your content needs to look like this. You need to film in this kind of way. You need to go into this specific location. You need to do this exact thing because then it's it's going to feel forced because they have to tick all these boxes and it's going to become more about like a tick box exercise and about the actual creation of like lovely content and being quite open with like, okay, this is what we're trying to achieve. How would you do that? 
and kind of then doing a bit of brainstorming. We also st- sort of recently started implementing that we want to have a, like we have a phone call with the actual content creator before they go out and film whatever they're filming so that we can make sure that everything's been relayed properly. Because a lot of the time, like we work with a, like we talk to the talent agent and then we rely on them to give the correct information to that person, but they don't really know properly. They only know what we've been told and it gets lost in translation and stuff. So it's, it's, it's been really beneficial to have like have that one phone call where we're like hi nice to meet you just so you know this is what we're trying to achieve this is where we want to work with you this is the kind of st- stuff that we're expecting from you doesn't sound like something you'd want to do like you know are we all on the same page here yeah. so that's something that's been really useful and then also just in terms of cost effectiveness we tend to find that if we work with the same people again they're more likely to like give us a good deal so that really works out we also tend to, you know, sweeten deals by, you know, being like, oh, actually we don't like our budget isn't quite what you wanted, but what if we throw in an unlimited card or what if we throw in some tickets for you to go and see films and foyers with your friends, stuff like that. So kind of negotiating by like providing some product and doing like a little bit of a mix of like gifting on top of payment, stuff like that. But yeah, I would say that those are probably my key sort of takeaways from working with influencers for a while. Good tips for everybody there. This podcast is brought to you by Coverage Book, the tool that creates beautifully designed reports with credible metrics you can be proud of. Head to coveragebook.com for your free trial. What does success look like? I know you've talked about some different ways of working with influencers, but let's say you've got somebody who's coming in, like the, the one that you just mentioned with the, the dad and the son, and they're going to film in their own way and it's going to go on their own channel. Yeah. What do you sort of expect in terms of views, engagements, that kind of the metrics? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that person, his videos get like an average of 1 million plus views. Wow. So I'd hope that it'd be sort of on par with that. And uh, engagements, I mean, the biggest thing to me is I like engagements that are actually specific. We've done a video like this would have been God, probably six years plus ago, where we worked with some influencers and we had them go to like three different cinema locations and try out the different ways that you can watch a movie. And it was about like one specific, I think it was a Star Wars film. And we had them watch the film in, in IMAX and in ScreenX and in 4DX and like talk about it on the YouTube channel. And all the comments were like, oh, that was a really funny scene in the back of the cab. <laughs> and like, oh my God, you know, you guys did that inside joke that we love. And, you know, it was, that was the comments. And I was like, okay, I mean, it's great that they got lots of engagement, but Mm. none of this is, oh my gosh, I can't wait to try this, you know? And so it's engagement, but it's also relevant engagement. It's engagement that is actually interacting with like, oh, like we had the girl that I was talking about earlier who did the sort of skit pretend to be Mm -hmm. Palestine World. When that content was posted, the comment section was like, oh my God, this is such a great deal. Oh my God, you've sold it to me. You know, like it was about the product. It was about getting the point of what we were trying to sell and like, oh, this is the kind of advert I like, haha, you know? So it was people recognizing, obviously, yes, this was, you know, how I get paid to say whatever we wanted her to say, but also still feeling like it was authentic enough and like in her style enough that they still bought into it. Yeah, so I would say, you know, we want views and we want engagement, but we want it to be really relevant. And I'd always rather see, you know, 150 comments that say, oh my God, it's in the world, stuff looks amazing. I can't wait to go and see a film, it's in the world, than to have 500 comments that are all about like, oh my God, love your outfit. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm guessing when you're measuring success, whether it's at the end of the campaign or the end of the year, you are sort of counting up product mentions or key messages as as well as 
the, I mean, are, are you in ca- accounting engagements as just a number? Is, does, does that go into your report or is it more about the actual wording of the messaging? Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of both. Obviously, we do put like just numbers as, as well. So we, we, we do look at overall total views, engagements, reach, that kind of stuff. But then we also look at like, well, the, the correspondence, we we do try to put like links in as well. So we look at like link clicks and how many people actually like proactively went out there to like look at the stuff through the ways that we kind of set up, you know, like the click the link in my story type stuff. And then we also just look at like generally, okay, did we see that there was a bit of an uplift in how many people went and saw this specific film in 40X, like compared to competitor, you know, films in that format? Like, did we feel like there was an uplift in ticket sales in that specific area that we were trying to promote? Or did we see that we have more people signing up to the unlimited membership and that kind of stuff? So yeah, those are like the kind of like, it's, it's a mix between like the sort of awareness stats as well as then like the actual commercial stats. When you're reflecting back on that kind of success, so was there an uplift on that particular film, for example, do you sort of wait till the end of the year to look at that kind of pattern or are you looking at that all the time? We do look, we try to look at that all of the time and kind of like the, as the campaigns of runs down so like the same way that we would for like a media campaign we have like a an NPCA report where we kind of look at like okay fine what's what were the stats on that we do the same for influence activities especially if we work with agencies and they you know they send through the reports and we kind of try to put a call in so they can actually talk us through it properly and then also like get learnings from that you know what's the content that people engage with what did they not engage with what was the content was the people why do we think that that worked or didn't work and yeah, take those learnings then to the next campaign so that we don't make the same mistakes again or so that we can also, you know, do what we think worked again. Mm. It's amazing you're doing that kind of analysis all of the time and you still like influence and relations is the one that works. Yeah. And, and you're not going back to other areas of communications at the moment or or have you got anything else planned? <laughs> no, I think for us that's that's still like definitely a priority for us. We've seen it work and continue to work. And I think influencers are not going anywhere. I think there's more and more people coming up, which I also think is a good thing because the more like these new people pop up, the more competition there is and then like it also drives people to work harder for brands and like be more proactive and be more you know like we've we've got now we're at a level where we've got influencers approaching us and saying like we would really love to work with you like is there anything that we can do to like you know create some content we've got these ideas and you know sending through pitches and stuff like that which is a great position to be in Mm. because in that way it's like well you're clearly you know really authentic and really passionate about the brand so yeah instead kind of mixing those up with like okay where do we actually have budget to do a campaign that's sort of the, the, the tricky part that happens afterwards yeah, it's it's definitely like an area that we're, we're looking to to stay in. And I mean, as I said, we do still do some traditional PR stuff and uh, communications, but um, it's definitely an area that we're kind of specialising on. I guess it's nice for the influencers as well to know that you guys are in this for the, the long haul and it's not just a quick throwaway campaign that you work with some influencers, you're going to move on. Like you care about yeah. working with them in a collaborative way and they can see that just why they're pitching to you, which is brilliant. Um, the kind of analysis that you're doing on the activity and then looking at what's working, what's not working, who in the business is interested in, in those kind of results? Like who are you sort of sending reports to? Yeah, I mean, at the minute, it's all just kind of like within the team. We work really collaboratively on a lot of campaigns. So, for example, like a 40X campaign, we have a propositions manager who like her main job is to look after 40X and like IMAX and, and ScreenX and everything. So if I'm doing a 40X influencer thing, I'm working with her on that 
and I'm taking lead of everything. So then when the report and stuff comes, I kind of share that with her. She then shares that externally with IMAX, 40X, et cetera, so that they know what's going on. And then also we'll, we'll share it with our head of department. So at this point, it's kind of going to the, the head of department level and then externally as well. Yeah, nice. You clearly are really excelling in, in influencer marketing and it's doing really well. And you've getting to experience lots of different types of influencers. You just said that they're not going anywhere. Yeah. Can you make any sort of predictions of what might change? Can you see any different types of influencers or different ways that we might be working with them over the next year or into the future? Yeah, I mean, I think the experts in the industry, they keep talking about like micro-influencers and like, you know, going to like the, the lower level influencers. I've always really strongly believed in that anyway. I've felt that there's been people who've got like 50,000 followers. They get 5,000 likes a photo and they're like really passionate and really involved. And I'd always, always rather work with those people than work with someone who's got 500,000 followers who get 5,000 likes a photo because then actually the engagement rate is like much lower and you pay a lot more because they've got much higher following. So I've always really believed in that, but I feel like that is going to just keep like increasing even more so like if you're having these sort of niche people in these niche areas having that niche audience that you're trying to reach is going to become a lot more important and also I feel like now there's a lot more every single time that we like speak to an influencer the first thing we do is like cool can you send us your stats like how many people do you actually have in the UK because mm-hmm. if you've got 3 million followers but 98% of them live in the US that doesn't help us as a UK brand so therefore you know thanks but no thanks because you have really high fees and we're not reaching the right people so I think asking for stats a bit more is going to become more of a thing and actually really looking into like who are the people that are following you because you might have someone who you think is like a great match on paper because the kind of content that they create is like the kind of stuff that you want to do but then actually the people that follow them are not the people that you're trying to reach so kind of looking at that a bit more working with smaller influencers a bit more because also I feel like there's some larger influencers who got a little bit too big for the boots. I'm not going to name any names, but I do feel that there's some people who are like sort of getting those, like have those really high numbers, get those brand deals in left, right and center. And then the bigger they get, the more they get these campaigns, the less they start caring about things that they're not super, super passionate about. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden your campaign is like really low on the list of their priorities. And then they kind of do like a subpar job because they're focusing on this other thing that they think is more important to them or Mm -hmm. that they get more money on or, you know. And so... Again, I'd rather work with someone who is smaller, who's got a really huge passion and really want to, wants to work with us and goes out of their way to do content for us and and like make sure that their content is the best that they can be than to have like a really huge influencer who will sort of do like a mediocre job because they're just like cashing in the check and they don't really care. Mm. I think the more also people keep coming up, like influence, like the, the market keeps growing and growing and growing because it's just more and more and more people who are like finding those niches and kind of creating that content. Like, you know, you saw the whole tube girl thing happening a few months ago where that just came out of nowhere and all of a sudden this girl just went massively viral. And so I think the more this kind of stuff keeps happening, the more picky people can also be. Because I think like a few years ago, there was only so many people who had over 100,000 followers. So you had to work with them. And now there's, you know, like thousands and thousands of people who've got like a really high following and so I think it'll be an interesting sort of way to see like where the market is, is moving and how brands are going to work with these people now that they have a lot more to pick from. Mm. I think it's amazing advice actually just for both in agency but really for in-house brands 
marketers who maybe aren't doing the the research themselves. Maybe they're working with an agency and maybe they're looking for the bigger numbers, but actually give these sort of bid tiers a chance because yeah. they may deliver better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I'm not saying work with people who've got 150 followers on Instagram because, you know, that's, that's, that's not really going to get you anywhere. But don't set your, like, it has to be at least 100,000 people. Otherwise, we're not even going to look at them as a, like, as a minimum because it's just... You are missing out on really great people. Yeah, amazing. Amazing advice. Carla, thank you so, so much. Yeah, I'm nice. hoping that you've got one crew on for us now. <laughs> <laughs> if I only had that kind of call, if I had those connections, I totally would. <laughs> Carla, thanks for your time. It's been really, really, really useful. It's amazing. That was the PR Resolution podcast. If you want to learn more about emerging areas of PR, join the PR Resolution and head to blog.coveragebook.com. Stay in touch by following me on Twitter at Stella Bales and make sure you subscribe to the series to get the next episode.